Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where anyone and everyone who cannot bear the thought of remaining trapped in a status quo version of Christianity can find a home. Religious traditions eventually suffocate us. Empty church trends almost always leave us in the shallow end of the pool. But kingdom truth straight from God's word spiritually transforms us. And if you desire this, then you too are likely a maverick and a misfit. And now, here is our host, a Christian whose entire ministry has challenged the religious system, Jeff Lyle. Hey friends, I hope things are going well for you, wherever you are, whoever you are. My name's Jeff, host of the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, pastor at the church at Winder in Bethlehem, Georgia, and uh, just a overall grateful guy. Grateful to be saved, grateful that my sins are purged, grateful that when the Father looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus, and that I don't have to help out with that, that it is settled forever in heaven. And what that does is that breeds in me and all of you who can can grasp that infinite gift of eternal life, it breeds in us not a slackness that says, oh, well, I'm already accepted, I'm already completed. I'm already justified and glorified. Therefore I can live however I want. Nope. That is not the attitude of a born again person. Those that really understand what they have in Jesus Christ and that beautiful privilege of being a child of God through the blood of Jesus. We say, Oh my goodness, what an incredible gift. I have to live for the glory of the one who loved me so much. And it's not so much I have to, as it is a get to listen. I say this, um, probably more than I can count, but if you're not thrilled with God, you don't know him well enough yet. <laughs> it is a cardinal, um, it's a chief sin to be bored with God. And if you're bored with God, it's just simply because you don't know him as he, as he desires for you to know him, because to know him is to love him and to love him is to, uh, be just, um, enthralled with his goodness and his kindness. And, Man, Jesus is everything to me. I don't know about you, but I wandered for a long time, 24 years actually, uh, looking for what was true and what was right, looking for safety. I'll just be honest with you. I, I led a chaotic childhood and um, teenage years and was always looking for someone to trust that would, would stay put. Uh, my experience was those that I trusted left and uh, it caused a deep wound in me, uh, bred an orphan spirit in me as a young boy. And um, when I met Jesus at the age of 24 and I exited religion and found redemption, um, I like, oh, I, I love this one. This one is, is the one I've been looking for my whole life. And man, I tell you, that was in 1994. And, uh, you know, however many years later, 28 years later, um, I'm just telling you, I, I love him more today than I did back then uh, because I know him more. And I hope that's your testimony too. you know, on Mavericks and Misfits every now and then, um, either I or Samantha, who does our voice intros and outros, uh, will let you know, you can email me here if you've got a question or comment on, uh, any of the things that I share. And, um, we're, we're always grateful to hear. I don't, I don't always bring those emails on air, but, uh, just recently I got this email from, uh, somebody and it said this, I'm just going to read you the email said, Jeff, I've heard you mention several times in your podcast that people are to submit to their leaders in the church. I'm not sure that I agree with this because not all leaders are following the Holy Spirit. What if I disagree with my pastor? Do I have to follow him? What if they aren't following? I don't know who they are, but I assume that's the leaders in the church. What if they aren't following what the Bible teaches? I'm not a rebel, but I need help understanding what you mean when you tell me to submit to a human leader when I can hear the Holy Spirit myself. 
Hey, that's a bold question, and I think it's a good one. And um, I won't call your name out on the air, but uh, thanks for sending that. You know who you are, and I'm assuming you're listening. And uh, I'm grateful to to address what you've written because I don't think it's an unreasonable question. You know, if we all have the Holy Spirit, if we're all children of God, um, why do we have to obey spiritual authority in the church? And, you know, I'm just going to take it for granted that you guys that are listening are familiar enough with what the Bible teaches that, yeah, it's very clear. God places human authority in local churches. Um, it's very clear in the pastoral epistles, the uh, general epistles, the book of Acts, um, even in the life of Jesus, he recruited and empowered and authorized, he deputized men to have authority in the church. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, you see that gifts are given, and some of those gifts are leadership gifts. And God places men and women in the church that are there to lead, and he actually expects um, Christians to follow the God-appointed human leaders in the church. So I'm going to take for granted that you've accepted that. If you haven't accepted that, that's probably where you need to begin and just do a study for yourself. I don't have the capacity to to lay that out for you, but I'm just going to take that as a given that you believe what the scriptures say about human authority in the church. But the question from this individual is that, um, what do you do if you disagree with, uh, she mentions pastor, um, but it could be any spiritual leadership. She says, what if they aren't following what the Bible teaches? And then I appreciate that she added this. I'm not a rebel, but I need help understanding what you mean when you tell me to submit to a human leader when I can hear the Holy Spirit myself. I think it's a valid question. First of all, let me answer just a couple of things in the email. And then I want to give you some two scriptures from the book of Hebrews that I think can help anybody that's wondered about this. And this is not a small issue because I just want to say not everybody that occupies a position of leadership in the church is following the Lord. And there may come a time where you, you're like in a crisis. Do, do I obey or do I not obey? And if I choose not to obey, how do I uh, express that disobedience? And am I in trouble with God if I do? Well, let me give you a couple of things before I give you the general framework biblically to answer her email. Um, the first thing is this, um, she mentions, what if my leaders aren't following what the Bible teaches? Well, that's an easy one to answer. Leave that church. I mean, straight up, leave that church. If the authority, the positions of authority, the positions of human leadership in the church are not in alignment with the scripture, then you leave that church. Now I want to be careful here. Because I'm talking about core, crucial areas of doctrine. I'm not talking about debatable issues. I'm not talking about, and you have to have the discernment biblically to know what's a core issue versus what is a biblical issue. But if a, a pastor or a leader in a church is obviously out of alignment with their Christology, with their ecclesiology, if they are ethically or morally out of alignment with scripture, it's not only that you don't obey them, you actually leave that church because what, what begins in the human headship of a church will trickle down into the body of the church. So if the human headship, that leader is out of alignment with the word of God, then eventually give it enough time, wait, watch and observe. You will find that the church itself moves out of alignment and the devil is more than willing to take his time. He doesn't have to just do it all in a weekend. He will move a church incrementally away from the truth of the word of God. And he often does that by establishing um, deception in that church. And sometimes it 
that comes from the human leaders. So that's the easiest part to answer. If clearly a, a pastor or a leader is out of alignment with the word of God, and that is their normal practice. And listen, that happens. If you're in a church that doesn't preach the word of God, eventually that church will be completely out of alignment with the word of God. Because if you don't value the written word, then you won't seek to remain in alignment with the written word, which means you will choose the path of your own understanding. And those human leaders will get off course. So you just get out of that church. I have no qualms whatsoever telling you if you're in a church that doesn't preach and teach the word of God intentionally as the standard of rule, the faith and practice, then you're in the wrong church and it is time for you to go. Now, I think that her question is probably not in those core areas. Um, she seems discerning enough to know that if, if that was going on, then, you know, she, she would hit the road. But I think what happens more often than not is not the core areas, but in matters of dispute, matters of debate, matters of disagreement that aren't necessarily theological, they don't hit core doctrines, but there may be differences of opinion on mission and strategy or emphasis. It could be things as simple as, I don't like the way that they set up the worship or the music or the prayer or the communion or the, you know, the, the way that they do outreach. And, and so those things happen a lot. And the, the, in these non-core theological issues, what does a Christian do when they're in disagreement with the leadership of their church? I think it is a valid question. So let me give you um, just, I think pri- we could talk about this for episode after episode. I'm going to get it all in one episode. I'm going to give you some, some anchor points. These will anchor you in your heart position towards human authority in the church. I'm going to take it uh, at her word that she's not a rebel. And I think based on the way she wrote it, I don't think she is. But this is, this is Hebrews 13, 7. Two verses from Hebrews 13 will help us to get anchored in our thoughts towards human leadership. So Hebrews 13, 7 says this. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Okay, so this is broad. This is actually, you know, just a general introduction. The next verse is a little bit more uh, precise, but this one says, remember your leaders. In other words, as you're living out your Christian life, God has placed spiritual authority over you. I know we don't like the way that sounds because we live in a hyper-individualized, you know, culture, and that has hit the church too, where we're like, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Um, Well, that is the heart of a rebel. And so you are not an island under yourself. We all need spiritual accountability. And oftentimes that comes through spiritual authority. And so the writer of Hebrews says, I want you to remember your leaders and not, not just remember their faces or remember their names, but remember the fact that they spoke to you the word of God. Again, that's clear. If you have a leader that is faithful in the expression of the word of God, teaching God's ways, not manipulating, not making merchandise of you, not trying to beat you into submission, not treating you as a slave, not, um, you know, diminishing your value and your identity as a child of God, but they are speaking God's word to you. They're communicating the voice of God in our days that would be equivalent with giving you the word of God. And then in those times where you're not actually preaching scriptures, but you are accurately representing the heart of God, the ways of God, the will of God, the works of God, the wisdom of God. When they're doing that, you're to remember them and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. 
Paul would say it in a different way, more boldly. He would say, follow me as I'm a follower of Jesus. That's bold, man. But as leaders, and I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. I'm a leader in the church, not because I you know, thrust myself into that position, but that's just God's calling and destiny on my life. And so as a leader, I have to be able to say to those that are listening to me or watching me or following me, those that I shepherd, those that I influence through media, I have to be able to say, I want you to do what I'm doing as I follow Jesus. And that is sobering. But listen, if you can't say that as a leader, you got to get your act together because what, what you reproduce what you are. And so it's not only am I saying things that are doctrinally or theologically correct, but am I living it out in a way that's profitable? And as people watch my life over time, should they be able with ease to say, the way that Jeff is living his life and the fruit that has historically come from his life, I'm going to imitate that faith. I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to prioritize what he prioritizes. I'm going to consider the outcome of his way of life, and I'm going to remember that this is one who spoke to me the word of God. So first of all, there's this acknowledgement. Who are your leaders, and what does their life look like? That doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect in every way. I mean, good night. We're all still in process. There are points in my life where I struggle and I would say, hey, look, this is an area where I can point you to a better example than myself. I, I'm working in this area. But we're not talking about, like, do we tolerate sin in our lives? Are we hypocritical? Are we self-serving? Those are massive character flaws, and you can't imitate those things. And I would say that a person who habitually protects their right to be negligent in an area of their Christian life and just blows it off, that's an unworthy leader to follow. But having said that, we've all got areas where we struggle. But if you take a comprehensive look at a spiritual human leader's life, can you recognize God's on that life and the fruit that flows from it is something I would like to see in my own life? And so that's the that's an opening verse from Hebrews 13.7, but Hebrews 13.17, so 10 verses later, it's easy to remember Hebrews 13.7, Remember your leaders. Hebrews 13, 17 is more intense. It says, obey your leaders. Uh-oh. Here we go. Here's, here's the answer to the sister that wrote the email. Obey your, leader, your leaders and submit to them. Wow. Why? Why should I do that? Well, the writer of Hebrews answers it. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Wow, what a powerful verse, man. I wonder why I haven't preached this. Like, I think I've only preached this once, probably because it, it could appear to be self-serving, but it's in the Word of God. And so, listen, this is what the Bible says to, to all of us. Obey your leaders and submit to them. There's the answer to the question. Why do I, why do, she wanted to know, why do I have to obey my leaders when I have the Holy Spirit too? Well, the, the clear answer is because the Bible tells you to. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? They're keeping watch over your souls. So it's taking for granted that this is a godly leader, a godly leader with whom you may disagree sometimes, but it's a godly leader whose, whose aim is to please his Lord to whom he is accountable, because it says that the leader that you're called to submit to and obey is going to give an account for what he or she does in leading you. Wow, wow, wow. So all of you people that have aspirations to be in leadership in, in the church, you need to recognize very clearly ours is the greater judgment. It is the stricter um, diagnostic. We will be held to a higher accountability in this life and at the judgment seat of Christ. We will give an account of, 
for how we led those whom God commanded to follow us and to submit to our leadership. And we are supposed to keep watch over their souls. So that means we say the hard stuff. It means we wait in wisdom. That means we seek the Lord. That means we press in to know the heart and the mind of God. That means we make decisions that we know will at times displease people, that will be unpopular. We can't say all the ooey-gooey stuff all the time and ignore the sharp stuff. That we have to be committed servants of the Lord, and we do that as unto him, as unto the one that we were going to give an account to. And so in Converse, he says to the followers, because that type of leader operates in the fear of the Lord, it means you obey their instruction and you submit to their leadership. Now, I don't know how you receive that. Um, When I got saved, I didn't have a problem with that, man. Uh, I just understood what the Bible says. So I get saved, you know, I'd been living a really profligate lifestyle. I was um, unfortunately a drunkard and a drug user and Uh, involved in crime and all of that stuff. And I got radically converted and I was looking for somebody to help me. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing in this life. I'm a brand new Christian. I was drunk two weeks ago. Now I'm saved and I need somebody to help me. And I knew God had placed a pastor and a couple of mentors in my life. So I just did what they said. And let me just tell you, (laughs) some of the stuff they told me, I found out later was not necessary. It wasn't even maybe theologically true and right, but I didn't know, but I knew one thing that I could read in the Bible and clearly see that God had put authority over me and I needed to do what they said. And so they taught me the disciplines of the Christian life. They taught me how to abstain from all the evils that are in the world. They taught me about the disciplines of being in church and reading my Bible and becoming a person of prayer and sharing my faith and giving my money and and all of these things where previously I had nobody leading me and now I had authority speaking into me, speaking into my life, and I obeyed. And what's amazing is in all those things that I obeyed, I prospered, even the things that later I would find out, well, they said this at a level 10, but the Bible only speaks to it at a level two. So I actually obeyed at a level in certain areas where probably God wasn't requiring me to obey, but I did it because I trusted God. I submitted myself to human authority and obeyed my leaders because I knew God had placed them over me to help me in my journey. And I knew that my job was to follow their leadership. And by the way, don't miss that point in Hebrews 13. This is very important. You're to do this. You're to submit to your leadership and obey. <laughs> You're to do this with, in such a way that your leaders can lead you with joy. I mean, that's in the Bible. You, you have to follow in such a way that your leaders find it a joy to lead you. And you don't make them groan. That's right there in Hebrews 13, 17. I'm just going to give you some, I'll give you a peek behind the pastoral curtain. I've, I've pastored really one church for, uh, I was in pastoral leadership there for 27 years. Is that right? 20, 25 years, 25 years. And that church changed. It changed names once, um, but it changed dynamics a lot. And I pastored either in a uh, secondary position as an associate pastor for three years uh, or five, five years. And then for 20 years, almost I pastored in a senior position. And I'm going to tell you, there are people that I love to lead. I saw them. My face would light up. I was so happy to see them. They were a joy. They were a help. 
they weren't like doormats or anything, but they, they were always eager to follow the direction that I set. They were always eager to submit and trust my, my, my spiritual authority. And even when I failed them, they didn't, you know, rebel and revolt, but they were kind and humble and forgave me and, and welcomed me to, you know, get right back into that to lead them. But there were other people, man, I'm, I, I wish I could just not picture faces when I make statements like that. But there were other people when I saw them, I, I did not want to have to look at them. I wanted to walk in the other way. They made me groan to be their pastor. Uh, it was a burden to me. It, it, it was an ache to my soul to be their pastor. And so those are the type of people that didn't understand Hebrews thirteen seventeen that their job was to follow me in such a way that um, I, I was able to do it with joy. Let me just ask you a question right now. A, have you submitted yourself to human leadership in a local church? Because if you haven't, you need to do that. Guys, that's just very clear. God appoints spiritual authority, and there's a lot of people that won't join or unite with a local assembly, and the hidden reason of their heart is they don't want to be accountable to any human leader. They, don't, they want to float. They want to bounce around. They never want to connect. They never want to submit themselves to human authority. That is a Christian life that is outside of the will of God. It is. And you, you will miss so much blessing. There are so many people that have given up on the local church that they now consider themselves. And remember, the name of this podcast is Mavericks and Misfits. So I'm talking to fellow Mavericks. You get to be a maverick and to buck against the system, but you cannot be such a maverick that you buck against the word of God. And if you consider yourself a, a, a holy maverick and you just are free and, you know, you're, you're a free spirit and you're not going to be connected to a local church, I love you, but you are out of the will of God in that area. You may be in the will of God in so many areas, but you still have something within you that is either distrust or rebellion on human authority. Why? Because God establishes human authority. You need leaders over you. Listen, I'm accountable. I'm a pastor of a local church. I'm an executive at a Bible college. I am the founder and president of Transforming Truth Ministries, and I am accountable. I have people that speak into my life. I have people that oversee what I do. Why? Because I need it. It's a dangerous thing to be an unaccountable Christian. And so if you're out there and you're not part of a local church, you need to connect to one local church. You can visit other churches at times, but you need to be under the spiritual authority of God-appointed, God-established, godly leaders. And you, you need accountability and you need to obey and you need to serve and you need to sacrifice. And yes, you need to give. You need to give of your time, your energy and your money into a local church because that, that is the structure that God has established in the New Testament to facilitate kingdom life and ministry. And to say, no, I don't need to do that is the heart, not of a maverick, but of a rebel, because the Bible says you have to do that. And so the second thing is, is if you are part of that local church, what kind of follower are you? Are you eager to obey? Are you eager to submit? Do you give your leaders the benefit of the doubt? Have you been so wounded that you refuse to trust, therefore you stay at a distance? Or are you, as I have pastored a few of these guys in my lifetime, are you the self-appointed defender of the truth? And anything your pastor says, you have, you have kind of promoted yourself to be the guy that keeps an eye on the pastor. Guys, nobody has called you to that. That is not of God. That is of your flesh. And you are opposing the will of God. If you stay in a church where you feel like your job is to hold the pastor's feet to the fire and you don't obey and you don't follow and you don't submit because you are the, you're the sheriff, you're the inspector of leadership. That is out of the will of God. I've watched people shipwreck themselves because they thought that that was their faith. 
And guys, I'm going to tell you, you're supposed to submit and obey your leaders because the Bible tells you to do so. So let me wrap up with this because that puts the follower in a very vulnerable position. And let's just go ahead and say it. There are leaders in the church that have heavily abused their authority. They've used their authority to manipulate and even in extreme cases to abuse people, both spiritually and sexually. It has happened. And there are people that have such deep church wounds, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm telling you, you have to find a place where you can A, trust your leaders, or B, if you struggle to trust your leaders, you can trust God with those human leaders to whom he appoints that you are struggling to, to trust. You have to trust somebody. You have to be vulnerable. You have to put yourself in a place of, okay, God, I know what you've designed. I'm going to say yes to what you've designed. Help my trust muscle to grow. And God put me under leadership that is for me, not to use me, manipulate me, or to um, you know, merchandise me, but to, to bless me, to prosper me, to grow me, to, to help me find who I am in Christ and help me to live out your assignment for my life. And so once you've done that, here's, here's a couple of things to help you. Submission to human authority in the church doesn't mean that we're never involved in the decision-making process, that we're not talking about blind, muted fellowship. You know, we're, we're not robots. We're not puppets. We're not just, you know, losing our intellect, our brains, our gifts, our, our own leadership capacities. No. We, we, we communicate with our leaders. Like if you're, in a, if you're in a church where there is no leader, and you may not always be able to get to the senior pastor because that person will have so much on their plate that you may not have an inroad to the senior pastor all the time, but you got to be able to talk to some leader in the church. And if you can't ever get any kind of communication with somebody who is connected to leadership in the church, that's probably not the right church. Um, and so you can ask questions. You can humbly and honorably offer input to your leaders about any issues that are an important part of of your own spiritual well-being. You get to speak, you get, but you got to listen. And I would just say this from a pastor's standpoint, give your pastor the benefit of the doubt. And I promise you, you know why this is in the Bible? Because you will disagree at some point with your human leaders in church. You're going to disagree. If, if you would never disagree with a human leader, you don't need to be told to submit and follow them and obey them. It anticipates the reality that you're going to eventually disagree with your human leader in the church. And God says, I want you to obey them. I want you to remember them. I want you to know the output of their life, imitate their faith, and I want you to submit to their leadership. The whole reason for the concept of submission in the scriptures is there will be conflicts and there will be disagreement and somebody has to follow and somebody has to lead. And so, obviously, I mean, I would add to it, submission doesn't mean that we follow human authority when it clearly involves sin. You don't submit unto sin. You know, do, do you remember like in Acts chapter 6? Go read Acts chapter 6, and you're going to find around verse 25, 26, 27. The early disciples had to ignore the re- religious establishment's command. They commanded them, stop teaching about Jesus. And they said, no, we're going to obey God, and we're not going to obey man. So there are times when our individual following of God requires our need to reject sinful instructions by human authority. So if your leaders are telling you to do something sinful, no, you don't do that. You actually not only don't comply, you leave that church. Because if they're encouraging you or commanding you to sin, that is the wrong place for you to be. 
And so I think probably the, maybe the core is this, this might help you emotionally or inwardly. And remember, this is all from her email because she said, I have the Holy Spirit. Why do I have to submit? Well, because that's the way God operates. And yes, you have the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't mean that God has said, okay, you have the Holy Spirit. Therefore you don't need human leaders. I mean, everybody in the early church that was saved had the Holy Spirit, and yet God still established um, leadership, human leadership, and he still commanded people, obey your human leaders. So just because you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit does not, you know, immunize you or, you know, exclude you from having to submit and obey. I think submitting to human authority in the church, it's actually an expression of our trust in God. Your submission to human authority is actually a manifestation that you trust God because it's God who places those people in positions of leadership. And by the way, he also removes them when he seems, when he deems it fit to do so. So when God is done with a leader, he will remove that leader. But while God has that leader established, and as long as that leader is leading comprehensively, at least in the big picture, he is, he or she is leading in according to the word of God doesn't mean they get it right on everything. It doesn't mean that they don't have moments where they miss it. It just means this, that if that is the God-appointed human leader in your life, God expects you to trust him with that leader. Even when you don't trust what the leader might be doing, you don't see it all. The one thing that's so difficult from a, a congregant standpoint, a church member standpoint, is they don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And a godly leader, that person is praying, seeking the face of the Lord, dialoguing with other leaders, working out their own salvation with fear and trembling, recognizing they're going to give a stricter account to God. And so that leader is not operating in the flesh, but even operating in the spirit as a general overlying principle in their life, they still will miss it from time to time. And that's when they need you to follow and submit. Doesn't mean you have to agree. A lot of people think that if I submit and obey, it means I'm signing off or endorsing or agreeing with this thing. No, it doesn't. It just means you're trusting God with a leader that you disagree with in that moment. And so just remember that because your submission doesn't mean that you lose your dignity. It doesn't mean you lose your value as you submit to human authority. It doesn't make you less intelligent. It doesn't indicate that you're less godly than those to whom we're told to submit. I mean, think about it. Even Jesus was submissive to the plans of the Father. Remember the kenosis passage in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6, 7, 8, 9. It says that Jesus, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself of no report. That's the way King James says. He made himself of no reputation, took upon the nature of a servant, humbled himself, and became obedient unto death. Jesus, who is the life, became obedient unto death, even though death had no authority over him. And it says even the death on a cross, which was the most humiliating way to die. So Jesus modeled submission. He submitted unto the Father, but he also submitted unto the Father's will, which involved placing human, human governmental and ecclesiastical leadership over him. And he didn't lose his dignity. He didn't lose his value. He was the divine son of God, and he modeled submission for us. John chapter 13, he washed the feet of all the disciples, including Judas, who was going to leave that room and go betray him. So submission never takes away your value, your dignity, or your worth. It actually accentuates your understanding of who you are in the kingdom and you are able to trust God. And so I would just say this, just wrapping up, my time's gone. So submission, it actually means that we have an inward, we live with this inward commitment to defer to the leadership and the decisions of the authority that God has placed over us. 
unless of course it involves some obvious sin, you know, before the holy face of God. We don't we don't let people lead us into sin. We don't obey sin. I think that's clear. I don't even have to justify that. But it means this, you as a Christian have attached yourself to a local assembly which God has God ordained human leadership in there. And when you commit and you covenant with a local church, you are trusting God with those leaders. That's why you've got to make sure they're they're Bible men and women. They're Holy Spirit men and women. Otherwise, they're leaning on their own understanding. And once you identify that church and those leaders, you live with an inward commitment to defer to their leadership, to submit yourself to their leadership, to obey the direction that they're offering to the entire flock of which you are one part. And then when you disagree, you just trust God with that leader with whom you you disagree. You've got a prayer life. You've got access to the throne. If your leaders are getting it wrong and they're not seeing it, pray for them. Ask God to shake them awake. Ask God make it difficult for them to disobey in this area or to be blind in this area. Intercede for your leaders. That's how you show your love. So you show your support. And um, I'm going to tell you from a pastoral standpoint, I'm so grateful for people that I've pastored over the years, like literally thousands of people over the years who have followed me when they knew I was getting it right and followed me when they weren't so sure. And then the times where I did get it right when they weren't so sure, many of them have come and said, Jeff, I didn't agree with you at the beginning, but you know, I just trusted God with you. And I'm glad I did because it turns out I wasn't seeing what you were seeing. I love those moments, but also love the moments when somebody will come to me after I blew it. And they said, Jeff, we, we saw it coming. We prayed for you. You missed it, but it's okay, Jeff. You're our pastor. You're our leader. We believe in you. We're not going to judge you by your moment of failure. We see the outcome of your faith. We see how you're following the Lord. And bro, we're with you. What are we going to do next? Man, those are the joyful kind of people to pastor, to lead. And I hope that you're becoming one of those. Listen, I'm going to close out the podcast today. I want to encourage you. Go to transformingtruth.org, transformingtruth.org. Avail yourself of the resources there. We've got our 30-minute truth shot videos that we do. We've got our hour-long sermons that are filmed here at the church at Winder. I want to invite you at all times if you live in the greater Atlanta area. And maybe even this podcast has shown you, I need to find a new church. Come be a part of what God's doing at the church at Winder. It's an amazing thing that's happening here in Barrow County, Georgia. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Just go to churchatwinder.com. You can find the address and all of that there. And come be with us on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday night prayer and prophetic meetings. It's just a great time. Um, And then I want to encourage you to consider this. This may be the season where you need to grow in your understanding of Scripture, your understanding of the kingdom, your understanding of the covenants of God, Bible doctrines. It's time for you to invest in your own stewardship of the truth. And so um, I'm part of the leadership team at the Caneo Ministry Training Center. It is a four-year Bible college, and it's in Dawsonville, Georgia. But if you don't live anywhere near Dawsonville, do not worry because you can get started online and on demand, and then you can join all on-site classes by video as they take place in the future. And so go to Caneo, K-I-N-E-O, Caneo MTC Ministry Training Center, CaneoMTC.com. It is affordable. We keep the prices affordable. We are trying to help people get grounded in the truth because apart from knowing, believing, and loving the truth, what's coming is going to derail a lot of casual Christians and you need to be grounded in the truth. And we want to help you in that advance of your own personal 
edification and commitment to truth. My time's gone. I'm going to finish with this. Get in a local church with godly, spirit-filled, Bible-grounded leaders. Commit to that church. Follow them. And let's do something together for the glory of Jesus. What a word. We're happy you were able to tune in today. You can help us reach more people by rating and reviewing Mavericks and Misfits on whatever platform you use to listen to today's podcast. Connect with Jeff on his personal and ministry social media links by visiting transformingtruth.org. Also, feel free to email Jeff with comments or questions at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I'll say it again, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. We will talk to you again next week. Peace.